Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers picked up a huge win just days after I made the case that Frank Vogel should be fired. That looked great. (laughs) Uh, Also, Winning Time aired its first episode, and I have a couple thoughts on that as they pertain to this season. It's interesting stuff. Mere minutes before the Lakers would play against the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> we got reports that apparently there was, uh, you know, some some people in the Lakers organization who have been pushing for Russell Westbrook to get benched, or and uh, apparently Frank Vogel was pushing back against that and clearly started him. Uh, I thought the timing of it was super interesting, given that they were about to play a game on ABC. Uh, I thought some of the details surrounding that situation were very interesting and really highlight why Russ can't be on the roster next year. Uh, But most importantly here, that noise just kind of fell to the background and the Lakers were able to take care of business against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and, And look, that's how this season is going to play out for the rest of it, right? We know that there are people who were not in on the rust trade who want it to be known that they weren't in on the rust trade. Uh, there are people who were in on the rust trade who want to speak to what percentage points that they made up uh, for pushing for the rust trade uh, and, 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 and so on and so forth throughout the roster, right? Because Russ isn't the only mistake made. He's, he's the biggest one. And I would argue that he is the biggest mistake made maybe in Lakers franchise history, uh, but there were other mistakes made, right? DeAndre Jordan, uh, we knew for years that he was not an NBA player. He started 19 games this season. Uh, there were, you know, Trevor Ariza looked a little washed, and he was seen as this linchpin to the roster as kind of the lone wing that the Lakers had when they opened the season. Uh, and and again, you know, Wayne Ellington looked a little toasty. He was seen as the starting shooting guard. And, and, and there are other mistakes that have been made at various levels across the organization. One major mistake being from ownership, being unwilling to spend, whether it's on head coaching, whether it's in uh, personnel offices, whether it's on players, Uh, You name it, basically. At every level in the Lakers organization, there has been apparently a pushback to any kind of spending. Uh, So like the fact that we got all of that heading into the game, it just really highlights how the rest of the season is going to play out because, you know, the people who signed players want it known, hey, ownership made it really difficult for us to fill out a roster because they were unwilling to spend. Uh, Ownership is going to say, well, you know, how much difference could that player have made if the Lakers just signed better players instead of Alex Caruso? Coaches are going to want to say, hey, how could I have made this roster work it, given the type of personnel that the Lakers started and, and have basically played throughout the season with? So there is going to continue to be finger pointing throughout the season, and it's on the Lakers to block that out and win anyway. And they did. And credit to the Lakers for doing that. Let's talk about why. I thought that a huge difference in the Lakers' approach late in that game compared to clutch minutes, uh, you know, played 
<laughs> to that point in the season was that as that game was getting into winning time, uh, to use a popular phrase, uh, as that game was getting into those last few minutes and it, you, you go possession by possession, instead of walking the ball up the court and relying on half-court offense, the Lakers, I thought, continued to play very loose and limited the number of times that they had to execute in the half court, which, by the way, opens up your playbook. If you have fewer plays in the half court, you have more options in those plays, right? So I thought that the Lakers getting out in transition and continuing to push that uh, tempo all the way up to the final buzzer was huge. And it's been something, by the way, we've been begging for, for, I don't know, the entire goddamn season, uh, so I, I I thought it was really cool to see that. I, I made the game really fun to watch, too. And again, the Lakers won. And if there's one thing that we know in sports is that the one way that you can ensure something, a, a, a positive change remains intact, it's success, right? If, if, if you kind of make a tweak here and there, you make a couple tweaks here and there, and the Lakers continue to suck, then the Lakers probably make other tweaks or just go back to the things that got them there in the first place. If you make a couple tweaks and the Lakers win, and let's see if they continue to do so for the remainder of the season or, or, or at least for the next kind of stretch of games, the Lakers might realize, oh, how about that? And by the way, this isn't some new trend. The Lakers, we knew this heading into the season. We're going to suck in the half court. It's really difficult to execute in the half court when LeBron and Russell Westbrook are on the court at the same time. It's honestly even tougher to execute in the half court, oddly enough, when LeBron, Russ, and AD are on the court at the same time because now you have to have two great shooters to have the kind of spacing that those players need, and the Lakers just don't don't have that kind of shooting. Uh, and, and so with... With AD not out there, right, you suffer in other areas, but it allows you maybe to get another shooter out there. And and I thought that for the most part, like there was a really weird lineup that the Lakers went to. It was like Russ, Avery Bradley, Talon Horton Tucker, I think Reeves and Mello or Augustine and Mello. It was a super, super odd uh, lineup that they had out there, which was hyper small and still couldn't shoot. That's a terrible combination. Less of that, please. Uh, but I thought, though, again, most importantly here is that, one, they blocked out the noise, played the game anyway. Two, they executed down the stretch. And by execute, I don't mean in the half court. I mean by uh, accepting their identity, the identity that they should have had all season. And it's that <laughs> this team is not uh, equipped to, to operate in the half court. So what do you do? You stay out of the half court. All right, couple thoughts here, or a thought on Winning Time, which aired on HBO Max, and I am all the way in on the presentation of the show. I really love the kind of subtitles here and there, and the talking, you know, breaking of the fourth wall. I'm all the way in on the show. I think it's going to be fantastic. One thing that was really highlighted over the course of the show was Jerry West's distant disinterest in drafting Magic Johnson. And at first, you say, "Well, that's kind of weird." Uh, why would somebody seen as the greatest executive of all time um, miss that badly? 
And it's it's interesting because one thing that if you have been listening to either this podcast network or my previous one, one thing I always harp on is fit and balancing talent and fit. The Lakers this last offseason swung way too far in the direction of talent and just completely ignored fit, right, with Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, my argument there is that Russ, it might have still worked if Russ had the talent level that he had earlier in his career. He just doesn't have that. He doesn't have that kind of lift. And we knew that as soon as that lift kind of started disappearing, he was going to turn into a bad NBA player. And he's on his way there. But uh, when it comes to, you know, other type of fit moves, right? I, I don't think even heading into this, especially heading into the season, anybody would have said, between Alex Caruso and Russell Westbrook, who is the better player? Vast, 95% of people probably say Russ was still the better player. I think at this point, Caruso was just flatly the better player. But more importantly here, Caruso fit perfectly with what the Lakers need out of their point guard. Shooting, defense, switchability, uh, consistency. You know, those are the things that you need on LeBron James' teams from that point guard spot. And Russ provides almost none of those things. And and Wes's argument for uh, not drafting Magic Johnson was, look, I was that star, essentially. Uh, he West says to uh, Dr. Jerry Buss, I was that star. We did the star fuckery thing, and... We lost over and over and over and over again, and I want to avoid that at all costs. Now, that is overthinking things in for the sake of fit and not valuing just sheer talent. You can't do that because then you wind up with Cindy Moncrief in, instead of Magic Johnson, and think of how different everything would be if that was the case there. Maybe the Lakers win a championship or two, but they certainly don't evolutionize the, uh, the the sport of basketball in the way that they did by drafting Magic Johnson. So again, it's about a balance here. It's not value fit over talent. It's not always value talent over fit. It's about finding the most talented players that you can get who also fit. And look, it's pretty clear in this episode of Winning Time, and honestly, based off of history, that uh, the fit aspect of Magic Johnson with the Lakers, given the presence of Norm Nixon, given the personality of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that the fit wasn't going to be natural. And this is part of the thing, one of the things that this show is really going to uh, dive into. But again, that talent really matters. And that talent is what Dr. Jerry Buss was willing to bet on. And I, that is how the Lakers have always done business. They have always, especially with star power, they have always valued talent over fit. That is just, that's Lakers 101. My only pushback here is that teams nowadays are smart enough to understand how to take advantage of the lack of fit despite the sheer talent. And that's something that the Lakers are going to need to adapt to as soon as they freaking can. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. So hopefully 
Those of you who get your podcast via iTunes are listening to this right now. Uh, we have been working over the weekend with it. It's apparently a logo problem, but iTunes, because it's a gigantic company, is not exactly very fast moving. So we are going to continue to work on to, to fix this as, as quickly as we possibly can. In general, though, and I'm saying this to the people listening on iTunes, Spotify is a significantly better podcast uh, app. <laughs> it's just better. The, uh, the the subscription is more reliable. It's it's uh, more up to date in terms of the technology that allows you to download episodes uh, a lot more quickly and again more reliably. So just in general, I would say if you are listening via iTunes, start really considering making the switch to Spotify. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode. I'm Anthony Irwin. Until tomorrow, have a good one.